0: This is High Stakes, from Gerard Phillips, Kate & Hancock.
1: This conversation with Dorian Harrison, Associate Director of Brand Strategy at Cedars-Sinai, started out as an invite to talk about vaccine-related outreach to minority and underserved populations. We do have a blog post that goes into some of Harrison's written answers to those questions, but this went much further, much deeper. We talk about how Cedars-Sinai has created an environment over the course of years to position themselves as a trusted, valued partner within the L.A. community, and really it's not community, but communities, which has allowed them to serve in unique ways during the pandemic. You'll hear a common theme from Harrison that effective communication is more about listening and letting others tell their stories than trying to push information. Don't forget to subscribe to High Stakes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and while you're there, leave a rating and a review. It's all the usual podcast things. Um, yeah. Well, Dorian, if you could just kind of start by by setting the stage, sure. what is going on there at so Sears Sinai and, and the, the what's the landscape in L.A.?
0: Well, right now, L.A. is uh, it, it's a very scary time for our country and, and L.A. is no different. I mean, it's a well-known fact that we have had a lot of challenges in Southern California and in Los Angeles and we are doing our best to kind of combat those challenges with as much planning and care as we can at this time the whole environment is is very everything is is reactionary right now because things are changing so rapidly so we have tried to do our best to set ourselves up to pivot as needed to kind of embrace these challenges and deal with them uh, one by one, and sometimes all at once. So it's quite hectic.
1: It says something really interesting there about how everything is very reactive right now, but you're trying to set yourself up to pivot quickly. Talk a little bit more about that. What does it, how do you set yourself up to be sort of proactively reactive?
0: It's funny you ask. I've been working a lot with our residency and fellowship programs to make sure that we are also preparing our doctors to react and our clinical staff to be able to provide the care that's needed at this time. And so it was very difficult to try to figure out ways when we first went home last March of how we would handle these residents and fellows who are going into their programs. Um, One of the really, really big drawing points and pluses for Cedar sinai was we're in Los Angeles, we're in a great area people want to come to those places, but that's a little harder to do when you can't see it. So we did videos that were structured to talk about programs in a very unique and individualized way, and also virtual tour videos so that people could see it. We tried to As much as possible create a a warm touch so you have to be flexible and be ready to pivot at any time and look at a system in totality and not just that's research and education they'll be fine there or our clinics will be fine there it has to be a group and joint effort that has to come from the team operations marketing communications everyone has to meet in the middle
1: Let's take that and sort of extend it to the community outreach. You use the phrase warm touch and providing, you know, a message of care to to anybody who's going to be in or to, to your potential residents in your educational programs. So what does that look like when it comes to reaching the community of patients that you all serve, particularly? long wind up here for the, the question. but you know particular no. when you serve such a, a large and diverse patient population, there are issues of access, there are issues of trust. What do you do?
0: Well, you know, I'm very proud to say that Cedar sinai has really uh, focused on social determinants of health. And we are constantly thinking not only in our community benefit programs, but our overall corporate citizenship, our grant funding. In all areas of outreach, we are trying to kind of change the trajectory. We want to ensure that We're not looked at as just a a funder or just someone who provides services to the community. We are a part of the community and we want to work to sustain and provide resources and tools. And we've we've done that in a variety of ways. We focused our grant funding on these social determinants of health, homelessness, food insecurity, things of this nature to make sure that we are hitting health equity. We want to make sure that we are dealing with current issues and issues that are significant to to our community. We've also worked to change our messaging to one that we are partnering with the community. As a member, we work to sustain it. And to sustain it means to be not only consistent, but also to make sure that we are contributing to the growth. We want to help organizations that partner with us and our stakeholders to be stronger, to be more capable of also being flexible and pivoting in this time to expand their outreach of services. And in turn, that strengthens our relationships with these partners, but it also provides amplified voice that we can help them promote their messages while also, you know, promoting our own we want to make sure that it's understood that we are here to help in the long term but we also want them to be independent and able to to expand and grow in their own missions
1: that's really cool and i, I love that community just the emphasis on community partnership as you've laid that groundwork over I'm sure it's been a long, long time and established or built those relationships. What has that given you in this current moment when outreach is so important, particularly around vaccinations?
0: It gives us a prime opportunity. Because we've made those partnerships, because we have that long-standing history as a giving organization. We've worked so hard to to expand that. And so on an ongoing basis, we're becoming more honed in on how we determine where that money goes and and how we are shifting with the needs of the community. Our community benefit programs are so amazing. And I can think of two of those, sharing care and also healthy habits, which are, ingrained in our public schools. And during the pandemic, we have helped with partnering with our local government officials and the city to move events for families and children. I mean, this has hit underserved communities very, very hard. And so anything that we can do as far as funding these initiatives or or providing resources we've built up an online resource where healthy habits has exercises and fun cooking recipes to do with your children so because they know people are home it's a very stressful time you're trying to be a homeschooling you are working you got multiple things going on so we've tried to build up our youtube page with videos to to be helpful because these are things that the community needs they need health information so we have community health improvement i mean we could go on and on about the things that are needed but most importantly we we've begun to pivot and ask what is needed I think that's important too. Many times I've been in organizations and people wanna tell the community what they need. Well, we think you need this, this is a great idea. And it's always important to do a gut check. Are you really giving what is needed or are you doing what serves your purpose? And and I think that's at the heart of, of what every community program or any community outreach and engagement should be looking for
1: what are some of the specific tactics that you're using to listen to ask those questions about what the community needs
0: i mean in past we've used surveys we are constantly asking our partners we we've developed relationships where our partners will say we have this going on would you mind putting this on your social channel smaller organizations don't have the audience they don't have that online community build up and if we can extend that halo and and Assist by you know posting an event, and and most of the time, some of those events include us, and some of them don't. I think it's important that when you have those partnerships, it should be a mutually beneficial relationship, and that doesn't always mean monetarily. It, it, it more often means support in ways of promoting those posts, or or passing around that information, or or sending it to our media department, or or Allowing that press release to go out for something that we've done for them, but it's important that when you're doing those things, it can't be selfish. You can't say we've given you this money, so let us talk about it. Let us brag about how much money we've given. You. The trajectory should always be: you talk about what you've what what you've received and what you're going to do with that. You know, we're trying to change that wording on. If we've provided this grant to you, what are you doing with it? And we'd love to be a part of you talking about what you're doing with it. That always pays off more, in my opinion, than when you, when you go into that self (laughs) gratification of, yeah, Yeah. look what we did. It, It always pays off much better.
1: Well, just the ability to, to let people tell their own story. I mean, it makes sense. Like, why would you want to feed somebody a line? Right?
0: So true, but it it happens often. And so I just try to remind our team and and they don't need reminding because they're amazing, but we want to make sure that we're providing some level of care to our partners where they feel valued they feel uh, grateful not just because of what we have offered them but because they know we'll stand with them and partner with them and and we're a part of the community as well
1: during i could go on this track for hours <laughs> <laughs> but i do want to get very specifically into the vaccine distribution i mean it's it's the topic of the moment and in many ways rightly so and so you've laid the groundwork in well, you've described over the last few minutes how you've laid the groundwork for these crises, which we are now in the middle of. And how is it going? What, what What's happening there as far as your outreach to underserved communities, communities of color, folks that need medical care in this moment of the pandemic? And again... Are, are struggling for various reasons to get it. How, how's it going?
0: Well, we're just starting. Honestly, it, it is the beginning of a journey. We know that this will be something that is just not pandemic focused. It is more of building relationship with this community and and with all of our our communities that we serve. We're starting with black and brown communities because that is where the need is currently as far as, you know, distrust of the medical community, barriers that can go on and on. And rightfully so. I mean, rightfully so. I, I'm, even in the midst of, of chaos, I'm still excited. And I'm excited because it feels like validation when you see, what has been done and people are discovering it and people are talking about it and i believe that that is is what has been missing it can't just be those that are suffering the repercussions of this systemic racism and health inequality it has to be everyone who is paying attention and planning and moving forward in a productive way that serves all, especially those who need that specialized attention and care because they haven't received it on a, on a normal basis. And so we're starting off with, with several tactics and people are excited to help and learn. So right now I'm in the process of trying to pull together all the pieces and parts of the organization that want to help and want to be engaged and want to do things. But we also need to do it in a aligned manner because when everyone goes off and does their own thing, you, you can't protect that messaging. You can't know what others are doing it becomes slightly chaotic and so that's that's a a challenge but right now we're doing some amazing things we are planning a, a town hall to to discuss it with faith leaders some community leaders other health systems um that are in the community and it is it's it takes a village it takes uh, coordination it takes having partners that are a part of that community because you can't expect large organizations such as cedars cedar Sinai to to always touch everything because we touch so much and so it's responsibility of those within the organization, like me, who are, I'm a part of the Black community. This is important to me. I'm not only an employee of Cedar sinai I'm also a patient. Um, I also have my own fears and I, I do my own research because this is what people are doing now. I mean, I've experienced in past a lot of the mistreat- medical mistreatment that is being discussed. And although it's been years ago, it wasn't acknowledged. And so I I can come from a place of knowing how important training from the very beginning of our clinicians, it's vital to know what's going on. And so as far as the vaccine, the real strategy that I'm promoting is education first. People want to know They have so many questions and they're looking for answers and there's so much noise going on just within the world. It's hard to focus on what really matters and what um, really is important. You've got facts and myths in the same space? How do you know the difference between someone telling something that happened to a, happened to them that is uh, truthful and factual versus exaggerated or commonplace? People want answers and, and they're looking to get them. And it is our responsibility to make sure that those facts are put Uh, In a way and in places that they are looking, you know, within the black community, within the brown community, what are those local papers? What are those local communication vehicles? What are online sites that we might not deem commonplace, but are, are, are culturally relevant and thriving in this sense? How can we partner with them? How can we let them lead the charge, but we provide the factual information so that it is received in the correct way? And that is what we're trying to do on on all fronts. So.
1: I appreciate how you're looking at this big picture and how in some ways the vaccine, again, although it's the the thing of the moment, it's just one piece of this bigger conversation. And I, I love how you're applying this and explaining how this works sort of in the bigger context and and the way you keep coming back to providing the information to people in a way that is comfortable and accessible to them. I mean even even just now as you were talking about educating, The way you were describing it, I heard as being educating by listening, understanding the actual questions and understanding the the channels and the messengers that people want to hear from and not just pushing that information out in sort of one unidirectional way.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I remember when the term multicultural marketing was was first, you know, when I was in college and I, I, I heard that and I wondered what does that really mean? How is that different? And as I moved on and became more and more interested and and wanting to know what's the best way to communicate with all audiences, is there a really a big difference? And there is. And I think sometimes there are a lot of things that stop organizations from moving forward and talking to all audiences. Sometimes it can be budget. Sometimes it can be lack of knowledge. And that is why it's so important to have, you know, people on your team who can speak to that from a first person's perspective. They're either a part of those communities. They live in those communities. They engage with those communities. There has to be Um, some type of bond there so that they can help you and guide you on cultural competent content and not just here's what we're doing for everybody make this work and and that's and that's happened so it's it's so important
1: yeah i last fall i was i was talking to sonia thompson who's who's both a friend and a and a marketer and she said you know you have to first make sure that people are represented on your marketing materials right like you need to have black people on your brochures but that is nowhere near enough that's not inclusive marketing that's the absolute basic table stakes then you have to create that those custom messages and really understand and i thought that was such a good reminder that it
0: it really is i mean. It's so important that there's more than one audience in each demographic group. Are you talking to the children? Are you talking to people who are caretakers for their parents? Are you talking to elders? And and then there's so much within health care. I mean, you know, as we're discussing the Black community, I, I was, I remember previously before coming to Cedar Sinai, I, I gave a talk and I was telling physicians and and nurses, if there's a black woman and she's over 65 years of age, you don't refer to her by her first name. It's just, it's just in a cultural context. You know, I, I, I was speaking to them about in the Middle Eastern community, sometimes you, You don't stay alone with a woman. Her husband is with her or a family member or another during an exam because it is is something cultural. And so you have to know who you're dealing with, who is your patient and what cultural unique identifiers will will be helpful in their care? How, how do you, how do you talk to them and relate to them in a way that it will resound and it won't be something like, okay, I heard you. And then they never come back and they never come. And that's what in the vaccinations that, that is also one of the barriers that comes to mind. There are two shots. What if people can't get off work to get their second shot? What if they can't find childcare? I mean, there are so many things that, that people don't think about, and and those are the things that must be brought to the forefront in order for us to devise ways in which we can make it easier. I think if I could say anything is the number one priority, it is how do we make this easier? Easier to find information, easier to get access, easier to pass the word easier to become ambassadors, so that we can get these goals accomplished and we can make sure everyone is safe in, in the best way possible.
1: During this, in this moment, the disproportionate impact of the pandemic, it's been a brutal year for so many people, so many communities, and yet we want to try to take lessons and and, and be optimistic. And so I guess. Are you optimistic? Do you think again this this brutal time is is gonna is gonna I launch a, us I, towards equity? I am.
0: I, I am optimistic. I'm optimistic because I see amazing things happening, and I have to remain optimistic because. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a tough time for everyone. This is, people are home, so they lack barriers between work and their personal lives. People are working more because they're anxious and they're fearful and they want to be on top of everything, so then they're watching the news all the time. They are fearful because of economic hardship, lack of jobs. They're fearful because they have to be on the front line when they'd much rather be at home, but because they have jobs that are deemed essential they're out and about and they're scared and now they don't know when to get the vaccine you want me to take something that i'm not really sure that i understand or know about i have so many you know false thoughts about it but yet you you are asking me to take this But before this pandemic, in their minds, you you weren't thinking about me. You weren't thinking about my health. You weren't thinking about my care. But now you want me to do something to help everyone else. I mean, these these are thoughts that are going. So when you think about it that way, you're going, wow, well, I can understand why there would be confusion and frustration because all of a sudden now it's time to 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 go and everybody's like you need to do this you must do this but they're not explaining why they're saying well you must do it to to help yourself and to help everyone else when a more warm to use that term again message would be take care of yourself take care of your family do this do this for your health do this for your family's health Not the public who has ignored and not kind of cared about health disparities for my community, not cared about what really, that's a better message. And so that's the way I'm trying to, to change our messaging. And hopefully that will be successful because everyone wants to know what's in it for them. And if you can tell somebody what the benefit will be to them, then that message will go over a lot better than what it will be if you tell them to do this for you and for everyone else. You got to meet people where they are.
1: Dorian Harrison, thank you so much. This is so good, So (laughs) just appreciative of your time.
0: You are very welcome, happy to do it
1: anytime.